just want to welcome everyone to this episode of Black Biz Banter. My name is Nzinga Nomo. I'm the owner and founder of Everywhere Books Company. And we pride ourselves in providing a platform for authors and artists to instill us with a sense of cultural pride. Today, I have a very, very special guest, um, an author whose book is just came out in 2021. But of course, oh my goodness, we were so um, involved deep into COVID's aftermath, and we still are um, dealing with it. But um, I, I'm so glad that now we can really draw attention to this important work. My guest's name is Nashan Cook, who has a heart, mind, body, and soul for horses. He's the first generation horseman and classical dressage, dressage excuse me, trainer from inner city Denver, who has coached, competed, and trained internationally in jumping and dressage. His current training interests lie in rehabilitating inconvenient horses with major mental, physical, and emotional training-related trauma. He lives and works on his family's farm in Parker, Colorado. Please give a warm virtual applause for Nishan Cook. <laughs> wow. Good morning. <laughs> oh, God. Good morning. I, your book. Okay. The title of the book, everyone, is Being... And this book, though 156 pages, is, each page is like speaks volume. And I am so impressed with this book and what it shares. The message is way, way beyond just but horses, that would be fine too. However, it is like a therapy session. It is a a peaceful gathering. It is really, really remarkable. And I um, asked, uh, just so the audience knows, I asked Nishan if he wanted me to give him questions ahead of time, refused it, okay, because he wants to be present. I mean, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And so I am eager to um, hear. Horses, being with horses, and how how he came came to this... um, profession this career or rather I should say this this soul calling you know how did that happen and then I have some other questions okay I'm gonna listen (laughs) (laughs) all right um so you want me to go ahead and try to answer some of those yeah yes please please (laughs) okay so um I've I started I I I've always loved horses um um since I was a little since I was a little boy um I think there are some things that we come into life um that we know is 
is is is part of our reason for being in the earth and horses for one is one of mine for sure um so i started riding when i was 13 my dad uh got me in, involved in a after school riding program for kids from the inner city the urban farm at stapleton um mm. and um i i you know they got me really good teachers and the best horses that they could it was a non-profit um and so um i really i really learned how um that's where i really learned you know a lesson that has kind of carried me through my life that horses are so much more than what people pay for them um and because we had horses nobody wanted anymore they donated it they donated those horses to the program and you know um that that was where i learned to start you know listening and tuning into them and and um understanding the wisdom of just breathing and how mm-hmm. and how breathing can changes can change energy and how energy can change environment um and um so fast forward like um i uh i rode through high school and i quit in college and um had gotten a scholarship for my 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 graduate work um and decided that that program wasn't for me Okay, so I think you were in the middle of, um, where were you? In the middle of explaining, you know, how you, through, you know, since early on, um, expressed an interest in not just learning horses, you speak of listening (laughs) to horses. Um, Yeah. Would you like to, would you please expound on that? Because I think most people in the U.S. are our first uh, introduction to horses are through John Wayne, you know, uh, movies uh, as if they're machines and, you know, without any emotional component to them. So could you please expound on um, your your uh, techniques in dressage? Yeah, so dressage is a is a old um, European practice of training horses. Um, it, it originally it was created for war, and then it was for the it it, it went through a a, a a Baroque period for which it was for like aristocracies. Um, so you have the work of writers like uh, Pluvinel and. William Canvish and then it went into this classical period where we are now where it was um it was it it be it became more available to public to the public um um and from that we have like the calvary and how then from the calvary so so much of our um, that's where a lot of our contemporary, our modern and contemporary dressage comes from, is from the Calvary teachings of the uh, late 
uh, 19th and early 20th centuries. Uh, and then it comes into more of a, a more of a, a civilian kind of a situation because cavalry officers then went and taught uh, private pupils. Um, so, um, but there's a, there's, there's a, there, you know, so it has a lot of history in, in the United States or in, in Europe, but there was actually a, a, a really brilliant, um, former slave named Tom Bass, who was a master mm-hmm. of this, um, in the, in the, in the very early 20th century, there were at the world's fair, he participated, he, he participated with his mayor, Bell Beach and like writers from the major academies around the world came and watched him perform. Um, um, and so there is a, there's a, the, the tradition big, it's, it's, it's growing in the United States still, but amongst like early influential riders in America, this, this, there was this man who trained horses for presidents and Buffalo Bill Cody's horse. Um, he, he trained him. Um, he was, he was, he was a wonder indeed. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then there's of course the black cowboys, um, which is, uh, very long um yeah tradition that you know, we need to get much more exposure to and i'm so thankful that you're in in the position to be able to um you know bring new life into understanding that we are um intimately involved we were intimately involved in uh working with horses and yeah, and all the, back to the continent. So it's yeah, really- and and I and I think and I and, and I think that you know there's a, a really wonderful um, educator in North Carolina, I believe. Her name is Caitlin Gooch, um, and she has this whole literacy program around mm-hmm. around um, kids learning about Black people relationship to horses. Um, yeah. Uh, that she, you know, that she, that she's a part of. She's, she's, it's extraordinary work that she's doing. Wow. And so what I wanted to, to get deeper into was, um, your, your approach. I, I felt like what you describe in this book, which by the way, contains, um, poetry and some of your, um, conversations you've had with people while training it seems to come closest to what someone like George Washington Carver how he described being able to speak to the plants Uh you know and, and I'm like oh my gosh what how to describe this because you know horses okay here's my childhood story sure I rode on a horse one time and it was traumatic for me because I remember when I first got on and he was telling me what to do about you know hitting the horse and stuff I just did not want to hit the horse I refused yeah it didn't feel right I was like I'm not you know it was like I said in my mind I'm not gonna hit you yeah I'm not gonna hit you and then halfway through the ride the horse just laid down. 
it just, and I was like, oh no, what happened? And they didn't say anything about it. It was just like, oh well, you know. It was like it was my fault. I I didn't know what to think of this. So I thought I'm going to ask you because, <laughs> because you have a different understanding of horses and how to interact with them. Yeah, I think that the heart of my work for my students um, and and the horses that I have is just based on you know it's built off of trust and trust is time and time is value um you know i don't i don't see them i don't i don't see them as a thing to do something with right i think that there are some of us that that have metaphors that guide us in how we're able to see and understand the world and that's what horses are for me and and much like george washington Carver, with his understanding and his relationship with the plants um I think that I think that uh, I think that when you're able to not hide behind thought, you're available, <laughs> right? And you're 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 able to feel, and when you're able to feel, you're able to listen, right? There's there's room. You're not afraid. You're not afraid of having that empty space to be filled up by something. And then the thing is, is that when you listen when you listen to a thing i mean and and people do it people can do it with people um people can do it with plants people can do it with anything like when you listen to a thing it gives you its power because you listening is an expression of love for it and it it returns that expression with understanding of how it works um and that's what horses do for me and that's what horses are teaching me to do for people, for themselves. Um, and it's understanding that like, you know, horses don't, and I think that this might have been where your experience was not such a good one, is that, you know, horses don't understand questions. They understand intention, right? They, they understand where that question comes from and the motivation behind it. And they look at, they understand if it's being asked from a place of, um fear um and if it is fear um like how how afraid are we of that fear because you know then you know like trauma you know trauma is what allows being afraid to become a cultural construct you know what i'm saying we're taught to be afraid of a thing based on how an experience makes it makes us feel and then it it's then reinforced and reinforced um, into this narrative that we have a really hard time um, creating a story for ourselves out of. Um, and that's what a lot of my work is. My work is a lot of just being available and holding space and not, um, you know, not allowing room for excuses to be the reason why um, we can't grow if we want to for horses and people. You know, when you say that, there are so many places in the book where I could have just replaced the word horses for people and the listening aspect that you emphasize. And oh my goodness, what a beautiful um, understanding that brings, I think, to our communications, you know, 
yeah. level. I really, really appreciated that. And it just, that's how it just kind of morphed into this, um, like therapy, <laughs> therapeutic, um, Work. It's real, you know, it's it's real. And I think that people identify with what's real, um, you know, and I think also that real is oftentimes very sc- a scary place for people to touch um, because we have all of these walls from which to give ourselves the illusion that we're able to protect ourselves from life. Um, and I think that the book is an invitation for... Uh, people to really begin to understand that that is an illusion and that coming outside of that is also safe. You know what I'm saying? I think that the challenge, the challenge that I have in teaching and, 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 and expressing kind of my work is that, you know, some people feel like you need a bridge from one step to the next when we don't, (laughs) we just need to take the step. You know what I'm saying? It's not a it's yeah. not a canyon that needs to be crossed the next step. It's just it's just trust that life will hold you. Um and I think and I feel like, you know, you know, like life hasn't always been this um lovely for me. Um and 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 you know, I think that there's there's that there's that fire in, in everybody's belly whether it's awakened or not, that le- that kind of leads us to that to that place where where we can we can find our breath and catch our breath and come back into our bodies and 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 experience life feelingly. Um, and there's an intelligence I think that is awakened um, where dreams where dreams guide us and there's and and our and and we trust what our bodies are telling us. And, and, and we, we understand that, like, we, we are helpful when we know that we're a, that we deserve to occupy the space that we're in. Um, and I think that culturally, for me, um, coming in, coming in and doing this work, um, with there being no black people right now, no other black people doing the type of work that I'm doing in equestrianism at the level at which I'm doing it, it's, you know, this is where horses guide me in understanding, like, you can be strong enough to serve and not feel inferior. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, and so, like, this is, this is, this is, um, and how and how and how you don't have to stop being you to be what what other people need you to be in their lives, um, yes. and so yeah, it, it's a profound. Horses are a profound, a profound um, consciousness for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! You have given us so much wonderful food for thought, and hopefully those listening will be motivated, intrigued, and curious to know more and um, pick up a copy, of course, at Everywhere of your book, Being With Horses. It doubles as um, a, a journey into self, really. It could double as one of those books that are on um, self-improvement, um, law of attraction uh, you know these are the catchphrases that are used um, today however 
um, Nashan brings great meaning behind the words that is really digestible and practical um, for just everyday use. And so I don't want to appear to um, uh, cut this uh, interview short. However, I'm very respectful of your time as you are internationally traveling here and there. And um, I just want to ask you uh, if there's anything uh, in particular um, in closing that you would like to share with those who are still like, mm, not sure, you know, um, about that book. What, yeah. what is the key takeaway or something that you'd like to share? I think that this, for me, the writing and the sharing of this book is an exploration of how, how of the many ways in which um, we're able to learn to be with our, our own hearts in, uh, in a way in which we, we're, we trust what it tells us. <laughs> Right. I think that ultimately this is a book about learning to trust yourself and and listen to your heart and and understand that um, though not in a religious context, answers to prayers come in a myriad of ways um, that, you know, that help us stay available to the art of being alive every day. Um, It's 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 it's. It's a book for the human heart. Um, <laughs> I think that I think that bottom of that, like that's it it, it. it 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 it's 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 an exploration of how precious a gift being a human being is, and how it must be cared for with great love. Oh, that was divine! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Nishan uh, Cook. Just making sure everybody knows his name. Let me spell it out. N-A-H-S-H-O-N Cook. Just like it sounds. C-O-O-K. And the title of this beloved book is Being (laughs) With Horses. I'm serious. And I'm so thankful to have uh, been able to contact you through your father, who uh, Greg Cook is a wonder of his own. Yeah, he's a revelation. Yeah. Oh, indeed, indeed. And I love, of course, your references to him throughout. Um, but again, thank you for uh, carving out some some time uh, in your busy schedule. And thank the audience uh, for joining us today. Please visit our website, afriwarebooks.com. That's A is in Africa, B is in Black. Excuse me, A is in Africa, F is in freedom. There we go. R I W A R E books.com. Okay, we're going to sign off for now. Thanks so much, Nashan. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.